just to open up the the, the, the dialogue or whatever yeah. just um, like I was telling Devon it's not this isn't meant to be like I said a, a grill session or a roast session or anything it's just just a conversation man just having yeah. a conversation I got you um, but just like as a preface to, to anybody who doesn't know you already just give us a little background who you are uh, yeah, so uh, this is Tang, um, 23 years old, uh, should graduate with a nursing degree, should get my, should pass my NCLEX actually, I'm a, I am officially a registered nurse, <clears throat> born and raised in Vietnam, uh, came here when I was, what's say 13, 8th grade, yeah, 13, that's when I met Jordan, I've uh, been friends with him since then, <clears throat> uh, did a lot of stupid, crazy thing. Went to Vietnam together. Traveled to Vietnam together and Taiwan. Uh, yeah, we did. It was, it was pretty lit. <laughs> was um, so yeah, right now, <clears throat> 23, unemployed. Uh, yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the game, man. Well, let's start with the. Uh, <clears throat> like you said, you're from Vietnam, man. Give us, give us the, uh, <clears throat> the life, the background of your life when <clears throat> you were. When you were originally in Vietnam. Yeah, be, before I do that, um, happy New Year to all my Asian friends out there. Your turn Sh- up. Yep, shout out to you. I know, I know you're either gambling or getting that red envelope right now. So, <laughs> shout out to you. Um, yeah, Vietnam. I I, I grew up in a small. I was I was like small. Um, pretty much the old capital of Vietnam. It's the central of Vietnam. It's a place called Hue. Um, Life is uh, di- different, very different back then. I mean, um, we didn't have, we barely have TV, internet access back then. Uh, most of our childhood is running around the street, playing different games, um, barefoot. I didn't have slipper sandals on, on barefoot, running around. Uh, some of us have opportunity to go to school, some of us can't go to school. Um, but I know for sure that we are very happy. We didn't think a lot about, you know, um, what's different and, you know, what will be difficult when you grow up and you know, what school you're going to attend to, which is, we just pretty much live in life as it, as it is. Right. Um, uh, yeah, but then over here, you know, I came over here when they gray. Uh, things yeah. changed a little bit. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, one of the things, big things, like, I noticed in when I was in Hue, and I mean, for those of you that don't know the city, the region, um, upon hearing this, um, when I f- went, it really felt like a community. Like it felt mm-hmm. like you always had family around you. Yes, especially you. Yeah, it felt like you ran the city, <laughs> which was ridiculous mm-hmm. in itself. So, tell me a little bit more about that and like the family dynamic and in mm-hmm. the community that you had. Yeah. Um, a lot of people say when we're in Vietnam, you know, people always said uh, I have a lot of cousins everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, a part of it's true. I have a very big family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my family from my dad's side, my mom's side, um, we have a huge family in, in Hue. But at the same time, you know, sometimes sometimes I refer to a cousin as just like a friend, a friend, a, a neighbor that I grow up with. Mm-hmm. But we we were so close, you know. Like I said, we hang out every day, we eat, we. Sleep each other, how we, we do a lot of things together. So 
those friends grow up and become like somehow become like a part of my family as well and it doesn't matter how many years has passed it doesn't matter if uh, I haven't talked to them for like 10 20 years um, I know whenever they need something I know they always got me and that's, uh, that's sometimes I refer them as cousins that's how I sometimes refer them as cousins um, because uh, I came back to volunteer in Vietnam and uh, at first I, I I didn't know anything like I said you know things had changed mm-hmm. um, you know when I want to do this I want to do that who want you know I, I need resources I need people who can help me out right. so I start I start reaching out to my old friends uh, my neighbors and surprisingly they they haven't forgotten about me yet you know I'm I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that you know they still that the same we still have the same relationship that we have like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they still be able to do a lot of things for me. And 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 it's not a surprise, I mean, you you see that, not a surprise that even a stranger right. in Vietnam could be able to help you out with a lot of things whenever you need it. Right. Um, like I said, a sense of community. Um, you, you feel like you, you are always somebody that, you know, help you out right so with that it's like i think that's a really interesting dynamic to it it's like most people these days you know they'll have friendships or whatever and they'll go a a certain amount of time like you'll either go off to college or you'll get a job or you'll move away and stuff like that you have this time you have this hard time really keeping the relationship alive or at least believing that it's still alive you know like there's still somebody to count on so how would you say that was manage like from a long, truly long distance perspective from like your hometown to when you moved out here and then obviously you went back you were able to reconnect with those people like how was how was the management of that relationship I, th- I think that's because a part of it is our culture um you know like we see each other as family we see each other that um, as a big community um so when even when I like I said even when I came back uh, Something about the city, something about the people. Uh, it's hard to explain. I don't know how that feeling. That feeling that like you still can trust them. You still, they still got you wherever you need. Um, honestly, I that feeling, I, I barely have it. I, I'm not like barely, but I found very difficult in here. That feeling, I mean, only a certain friends. In the U.S.? In the U.S., yes. Um, uh, just one... Just one um, Little example. That's how we in here we you know, we we love our privacy. We like to close door. Mm-hmm. In Vietnam, it's different. All the doors, your front door is always open, mm-hmm. meaning you're always welcome. Wow. You always welcome. Whoever you are, you know, either a friend, a stranger, uh, family, you're always welcome into the house. That's one of the main different. I mean, I, I, it just show how how different you know how different the culture is. The, between U.S. and Vietnam, and yeah, and then they said those people. <laughs> I don't know until how long, but I know they they always gonna got me. Yeah, and I I just thought that was really cool in, in terms of like the whole community aspect. Like I said, it, it felt like there was always somebody to lean on. I mean, I had you, but you obviously had connections and stuff like that, and that was just the overall sense I always got from from the time I was there, which was really really incredible so um 
How much of your family is still back in Vietnam and how, how much of your family is, is here now? I would say half, half. Half yeah. of our family is still in Vietnam and half of our families are here in the U.S. Yes. Mm. So it's a, it's a pretty good breakdown. Yeah. 50-50. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like when you came over, you said you came over in the eighth grade and that's why I met you. When was, uh, what, what do you think was the biggest difference in terms of getting acclimated to the United States as opposed to what you were used to in, huh. in Vietnam? I know it's got to be a lot. A lot, man. The United crazy. States is not easy. It's, it was crazy. Man. You know, it's crazy because, uh, well, 13 years old, I, I, I didn't, I learned about America through movies. You know, most people, mm. you know, like how most people would, would have learned it through yeah. movies. And, you know, um, <laughs> I thought it was just a tit full of white people, pretty much. <laughs> That's how they show it. So, you know, I I actually thought I was just all oh, white people here. <laughs> so didn't know anything besides, you know, yeah, I was gonna see a lot of white people. Uh, but then I came over here, uh, Californians. I see a lot of people, a lot of different people, with different, different backgrounds. Um, even my even Vietnamese, I see a, a big community here. Uh, but at first it was it was still hard to adjust to. How so pretty much the timeline of of the day of um, you know a uh, uh, day to day basics. Um, for example, for example, <laughs> this is this is, this is crazy because uh, so I came pretty much close to the summer uh, in Vietnam. Even in the summer, um, usually the sun go down like what five p.m. when it's five when you know. But over here, it was, it was like, what, 9? Sometime yeah. 8.30? That was one of the biggest surprises I ever got. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm out here playing. I, I, look, I, I look at the clock, and it's already uh, 8.45 p.m. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's like one of the simplest things. I, I, I know it's different. But in terms of you know, language barriers, Language barrier is the most difficult one for me. Like I said, I I didn't have the opportunity to learn a lot of English, so language barrier was huge. Um, but uh, see, barriers. Well, so in terms of the language barrier, does, you, does that ever make you feel uncomfortable? Yes, very, very. At first, very. I said I did not speak to anybody for like a a year. Even I was so like even with Jordan, you know, like you know, I just give you gum. Yeah. That's about it. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Plug on gum, man. Yeah. The best I, I've ever had. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't talk to you. I was uncomfortable. I was scared. I was embarrassed. I I wanted to to sound like you know I I don't know English, but I actually don't know English. Um, yeah, I didn't know. I it was so difficult. But one good thing about it is that's just when you. you Kind of see, you know, um, how friendly uh, people at my, you know, people around me are because they approach me first. Right. I was shy, you know. Uh, Jordan Lopez approached me. Um, a few other friends approached me. Um, yeah, and then I start getting along. Still, to not talking, but still, you know, I just go to lunch with them, just sit with them, just make me feel like I'm not lonely. I remember crying 
the first day of school, going, after when I went back to um, my house, I was in my room just crying because it was, it was so difficult to 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 hear, to uh, to listen, to talk, to do pretty much anything in the classroom. I'm sitting in a corner and just just staring at the board and and try to smile at everything, even though sometimes it's not even a joke or anything. Right. Because that's the only thing you can do. That's the only thing you can do. So tell me a little bit more, like what does that feel like on a day-to-day, like when you're, when you're living it? It's, like you said, like most people in, I know in American society, they get so, their social anxiety, but they're still speaking their first language. Yeah. You know, that's what they're doing what they've been doing their whole life so their social anxiety is a little different in that sense but when you're unable to communicate just in general yeah what, what's that like on a day to day that was uh, man, that was a while ago that was very difficult I would say uh, I was scared to go to class every day I didn't want to wake up yeah. I was like don't wake me up from, from you know don't wake me up um, scared to wake up scared to go to class scared to be scared to be I was very scared to, to see another person that doesn't did not speak Vietnamese. You know, um, is it because it's like, man, I know I gotta go through the whole. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I gotta go through the whole. You know, ask <clears throat> to say I don't, I don't speak. That's the one yeah. privilege line. I don't speak English. Yeah, yeah, and then somebody like you just did speak English. No, but I don't like, speak yeah. speak. Yeah, shit uh, yeah, like that. It's. Uh, Horrible feeling, you asked me. I would say horrible yeah. feeling. And, um, I just remember, I I don't remember a lot, but I just remember, um, like my, I was like, my heart was beating so fast every time somebody approached me. Yeah. To try and to try and say hello. I'm scared they're gonna say something else. Yeah. Um, and that's so crazy too, cause like, I mean, the more I think about it, it's like people get fear from different things. Like, like I said, just from an American perspective, being, living in America, like, yeah, people fear other people on the streets in terms of, like, robbing you, and, like, assaulting you or harassing you and stuff like that. But, like, this fear is a simple fear of just somebody approaching you for conversation. Yes, to the basic conversation. And that's something that I feel like most Americans don't ever even think to realize. Yeah. You know? Definitely, definitely. So, I, but... When you, said, when you said that you went home that one day, that first day, and you cried, which is surprising to me because you're one of like the strongest, toughest people I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. What do you think the difference is now in terms of your comfortability with the language, but also the acceptance of your language barrier still being there, and, and how you how you choose um. to view that now? Yes and no. Yes is because I mean I I, I, f- I still feel comfortable. I feel very, very and sometimes uncomfortable. Um, pretty much like starting a conversation like speaking pretty much sometimes. Um, but I would say I got a lot. I got a lot better. I whole I was like you know I could hold a five hour long conversation with another person who speak English. Um, but in terms of that uncomfortable feeling. Oh yes, I still, I still have it. You know, I still have a little bit of it. And unless you like my close friend and stuff, like I'm comfortable talking to you, then yes, I, I do not have that feeling. But yeah, wow, that's that's always amazed me because like when I went when I went and traveled, like I said, it 
when I didn't know the language, the weirdest part was like, if I didn't have Tangy or I didn't have Vietnamese translators that could help me out, like, I'm lost, like, yes. completely lost. <laughs> and I think the, the wildest thing is a lot of people in America don't realize is when you go outside of the country, you don't realize how many people cater to the English language. Mm-hmm. You're already set up so that the rest of the world knows your first language in a certain sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when you step into a region where they don't speak it, it's like... Shit. At first, you're like, well, why do... It's such a snobbish feeling as, like, an American. You're like, oh, well, why don't you speak English? And then you're like, of course they don't speak English. <laughs> this is their own country. This is their own region. Yeah. They shouldn't be speaking English. They should be speaking their mm-hmm. native tongue. And it really checks you to, like, all right, well, the people that come to America, how do they, how do they adapt? Like, I feel so much anxiety as is right now, not knowing what the hell I'm saying or doing. I can't imagine how it would be in a... In a in an environment like America where you get a lot of forgiving people and then you get a lot of unforgiving people yeah, um, for that sort of stuff. So I think really like where you're set up now, like how does it translate into you becoming a nurse and, and, and your passions for pursuing that? <clears throat> um, I mean, back in the day, uh, you know, to have access to healthcare was, uh, it was not easy. You know, it was not a lot of money involved. Uh, it was a lot of, even, 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 sometimes even with money, you, you do not have the best, you know, healthcare access. Uh, but then over here, you know, <clears throat> the one, the one, one of the biggest thing for me is um, our health, the U.S. healthcare system, and how it is set up to pretty much um, save people. You know. That was one of the reasons why I, I want to become a nurse. You know, I I want to help people, man. I want I. This isn't me, you know. Like being a nurse, like <clears throat> choosing to become a nurse is what I feel like uh, one of the bad decisions I have made. Uh, growing up in Vietnam, I said this is a center belonging, center of helping people. I always want to do that, even in Vietnam. That's how I grow up. That's how I learn. That's the, the, my whole community, my whole family is, is always teach me, hey, you know, if you want to do something, you, you, you got to help people either, you know, in, in some kind of way. Um, so, and that's how I, you know, I was set up to like, hey, I, would t- I was telling myself, um, you know, choose a career where you could have like direct, like you can help another person now directly. Not through, not, you know, not through like a third person, a third person, not through some, some kind of company, but you want to be the one who help a, you know, a person now. On a one-to-one basis. Yeah. Whatever, whatever they need. And, and that's how I come across nursing. Because nursing over here, um, salary is great, of course. Yeah. But other than that, you know, you have so much, I feel you have so much respect. Like, that's one thing I like. That's one, one thing I want to change. I want to see, I want to, I want people to see differently uh, about uh, the whole nursing profession. Uh, you know, when you're talking about, when you're talking about hospital, when you're going, going to the hospital and you're talking about getting treatment, I'll just think about, oh yeah, this doctor is good, this doctor is great. Yes, doctors are great. Doctors have so much respect for doctors because, you know, they're, they're, they're so good at what they're doing. But at the same time, I feel like 
with the, the amount of education that we went through, the amount of um, direct patient care that we have, that we provided, um, I do I know it should deserve, you know, more respect from, from our general population. Uh, of course, in the, in the U.S., um, nurses are well respected, I would say, uh, in, in, in many different areas. Uh, but outside the U.S., uh, for example, Vietnam or like a lot of Southeast Asian countries, um, I don't think they deserve the same respect, um, you know, and I'm walking toward a way to change that. I'm, I'm walking to a way to so that people look at it differently. Uh, you know that you know nurses save life too, right? You know? And yeah, and that, that's that's one of my plan for for my future. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that plan then, because it's like when you look at uh, the system as big as like the healthcare system in, in any country, let alone America. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I know you have these these grand plans and stuff like that. That's what I've always admired about you. Is you do think bigger. You think down the road. You think future. You think big picture instead of yeah. small things. Um, what is what's what's like if you were to if there was one thing you could change right now, like you had the complete power to change in the healthcare system, what would it be? Global or U.S. It could be global or U.S. Um, I mean, for globally, I mean, anything affordable access because I, I feel like the amount of um, the amount of money that you know we we have to spend in order to get treatment is ridiculous. I mean, there's a, in the U.S. You know, we are we are lucky because there's our healthcare system is a little better. We have like you know insurance and stuff, <clears throat> but outside of US, uh, I'm just I'm, I'm just thinking about my own my country, you know Vietnam in general. You know, it, in order to get treatment, you need for a lot of money, a lot a lot of money to get treatment. Um, so yeah, I mean, way I imagine I would have globally, you know, affordable, um, yeah, yes, healthcare access everywhere. Um, And then, like I said, health education. Something that a lot of people have, you know, doesn't have. I feel like that's something that a lot of school doesn't teach is health education. In what, in what sense? In, in pretty much every, like, you know, teaching about prevention. Uh, uh, different kind of, you know, like, teach about better lifestyle, you know, like, to, to live your life healthier. And stuff like we we lack. I feel like a lot of a lot of in in the world we lack of that. We we don't have enough uh, resources to teach about like, you know the, the thing that we uh, we tend to in ETA for sex education. Just simple, a simple thing. Um, stuff like that. And um, I mean, if we can have that right now, you know, uh, uh, implement implement into our our um, education system, that would be great too. I'll be, you know, like I feel like we, like I said, we. If you think about future, we gotta change slowly, change one, one day at a time. And and you want our next generation to be better. Let's start on the kids first. Start on the bottom. 
we build up uh, always to the top. Uh, and then it's, and, and I think it all starts with education. Yes. So. And so tying into that, I know you're a man of change. Like you actively go out and pursue making changes. And that's what you've done with the, the program ETA4. Um, so can you give a little background for the people that don't know about the program, what ETA4 is, when you got started, and what you've been able to do? Yes. Uh, so ETA4 is a, is a non-profit program that teaches English uh, from kids uh, five years old and above. So pretty much five years old and uh, whatever age, pretty much anybody that's willing to learn English. Uh, we are located... We, we usually host summer camp in Vietnam. Most most of our summer camps are in Hue, um, which is where I grow, grow up. But it started out, this is a story I heard. It started out with um, a guy named Victor. You know, Victor and one of his friends started out a few years ago, uh, 10 years ago. Um, and then, um, Every summer we uh, we uh, we have a group of volunteers from the U.S. either from the U.S. from pretty much anywhere to come and come to here and come to Vietnam and teach English to uh, to kids. It started out small, but the year ago uh, it's gotten bigger and bigger, more official. Um, I started out in 2014 actually. Uh, started out as a volunteer. The story of how I started out is funny because. I didn't plan to go in back last year. This is already April. The program started in June, but this is already April. And I was sitting outside of a classroom, just, you know, going through my Facebook. And all of a sudden, I saw a video about ETA4, about uh, the summer camp. That, uh, uh, so, and I saw one of my friends in there. And I'm like, oh, this is very interesting. So, you know, start contacting people. and. Two months later, I'm in Vietnam teaching English. And ever since that, I met some incredible people. I mean, some of the most amazing people I ever met. Like, literally changed my life. They, they, they actually changed my life. Um, and uh, since then, I, go, I went back every summer. And uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, I I convinced you. Yeah. I convinced you. I mean, that's what uh, one of my... Uh, Accomplishments. He, he got me, folks. He got me, broke me in. Um, <laughs> I'm ETA for alum, and I am all in it for life, like in ways you wouldn't even understand. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so the fact that you keep going back every year, you've been back pretty much every year. Yeah. In in some form or capacity, like what what's the why? What keeps you going back? I mean, being as busy yeah. as you've been with school and nursing, and I mean, because nursing school we know is not is not a, a you know a simple process. It's not an easy thing by any stretch of the imagination. So, what what, what keeps you going back? That's that's a difficult question. Uh, but uh, because I mean, people ask ask me that question all the time, all the time. Uh, I. I would say I would put it as simple as uh, because every summer I have a chance to go home. Yeah, people, every summer I have a chance to uh, go home and uh, to see and then to help out my hometown, to see my hometown grow, to see you know the, the people, the community, everybody come together for summer camp 
and uh, that's keeping that's keeping you know, motivating me, you know, because every you know every summer is different. Every summer the the amount of the volunteers different. The uh, everything is a little different every year. So every year is is a new thing every year, and uh, yeah, just I don't know. It's it's a hard question for me because I don't know. I feel like. That's a lot that make me want to come back, but also, it's, it, like I said, it's just as simple as going home, mm-hmm. going home for the summer. I think, and I think, just from an outsider's perspective, yeah. I think a lot of it is, you know, it's it's almost like, for me, like I said, from an outsider's perspective, looking at you and when you go back, it's like, I take everything that you've already explained for up until this point. It's it's you being over there and, and living your you know first part of your life over there and then coming out to the United States and being so uncomfortable just thrown into the wilderness in a sort <laughs> and yes. then still accomplishing all that you've accomplished and then it's like when you go back you can you can sort of play both roles you can be that comfortable person who is just simply a Hui citizen yes who is just you know you're in your roots you're in your comfort zone but you can also be that that beacon of light for the the kids that you see that were pretty much in your position, mm-hmm. but they just have this opportunity to, to pick up a skill that, yeah. like you said, when you came over to America, it made you so uncomfortable not being able to speak English, mm-hmm. and them just being afforded this opportunity in any capacity, and I think really the freeness of the program, mm-hmm. it really is a, a very open arms, welcoming program to pretty much anyone, and I think that's you giving back to the community yeah from that from that standpoint yeah definitely it's very rewarding you know like you've been you, you experience mm-hmm. you've been through it but it's very rewarding seeing the kids out there just, uh, enjoy learning and uh, yeah yeah you, you're probably right yeah I was agree 100% yeah I, I just man I remember when the first time you told me that you were going I was like damn going to Vietnam huh like yeah, I'm going a couple weeks. I was yeah. like, all right, six weeks. Man. Cool, sounds good. But you know, you see how the community grow. You know, now that we have more students, we have a lot of students who study abroad. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the, uh, the we have a basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, we we just do things that bring the community together. And, and every summer is different. It become bigger, and it's just full of happiness. You know, it's a six weeks that's happening. You. You imagine we laugh so much in that six weeks. Every day is a new journey. You know, it's crazy from, you know, walking your bike, your bike, your motorcycle from school to the hotel, uh, going to, you know, <laughs> driving around, hella crazy, uh, playing big cup basketball, yeah, you know, just, after school. Just, uh, I mean, just surviving the elements alone. Yeah, <laughs> amazing, amazing. And, you know, I'm pretty sure every volunteer uh, have that kind of experience, you know, mm-hmm. that go with them their whole life, knowing that, oh, yeah, I traveled to Vietnam for six weeks, say with crazy people, say with a group of crazy volunteers. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so getting into, uh, I mean, where you're at now Shit. in life. <laughs> Shit. Already, <laughs> already getting the sort of sense of, of where you are, but I mean, what does it look like? What does is, what is your day oh, look like now? Fuck. All right, so. Um, 
up to this point, I'm, I'm 23, so up to that point in my life, my life been, been pretty smooth, I would say, you know? Um, not a lot, because like I said, I, I like to plan things ahead. I like to keep myself comfortable, keep me enough space to be comfortable with everything. So up to this point, you know, with a strong family foundation, I mean, you know, and then uh, the people that I'm surrounding myself with, uh, the choices that I made, uh, I'm very comfortable in a sense of um, I know what I'm gonna, I know what I'm gonna do. If I want it, I know I will get it. If, if you know, like I said, you want to make it to nursing school, I made it in. But then, boom, 23 years old hit. I graduate from college. Uh, study for my my board exam, my NCLEX, to become a registered nurse. And all of a sudden, you know, when you you when you are thought things is going well, boom, I fail. I fail my that nursing exam. I feel like I never feel so disappointed in myself. Very disappointed in myself. Um, that was a, a couple months ago. Uh, to the point when I don't, I didn't want to talk to nobody. Mm-hmm. I didn't want really to see any friends, uh, feel embarrassed. And that's when I realized this whole aspect of mental health really kicked in. You know, like, I know, now I know how I feel when people are going through something more, you know, uh, more horrible mm-hmm. uh, could feel you know and, and that's how you know you a lot of people thinking about negatively thinking about you know committing suicide and all that I, now I didn't send it all that all that process mm-hmm. all that process I thought of it no not I thought of it but I seen it through my mind right how it is you know uh, but yeah you know a few months later 23 I passed my NCLEX uh, but Still unemployed, and yes, I. Every day I wake up, I feel like um, I'm wasting my time, just you know, doing nothing. Uh, even though I have like four, I'm booking like four part-time job right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next one. Yeah, I'm booking like four part-time job right now, but I'm still feeling like I. I have so much time in my hand. I'm not mm-hmm. doing it right. Or, or I'm not doing whatever I'm supposed to do. Or whatever, like you know, I'm studying for. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? But you know what? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be positive. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna figure it out somehow. Either way. Yeah. So that's that's my current status right now. Yeah, and I think what's always so interesting is uh, when. When you are unemployed or like you don't have that responsibility like you would have like being in school and um you know working and shit like uh-huh. that like full time it's you really realize how many hours are in a day yes <laughs> <laughs> so many hours so <laughs> so many hours so many hours and you're so, just like oh shit i am still fumbling away so many of these hours yes <laughs> so, so many hours I mean do you even get that sense with like uh, like a, well obviously I mean four part time jobs though like that's gotta feel some time yeah that's feel some time but at the same time though you know like uh, the past five years I've been studying to do to, to do what I do best and I'm not doing it right now even you know when I'm done with it I'm done with all this education uh, 
Yes, it's filled in. It's filled in, but at the same time, it, I feel like it's your mind that's playing you. It's your mind that's telling you, hey, you're not doing something right. You know, or like, oh, hey, you're wasting your time here. You know? So that what it make me unmotivated to do my part-time job. Even though some of my part-time job, like, not gonna lie to you, I'm not enjoying it that much. Um, not because, like, you know, that the pay is not great or anything. Uh, it should be because that I feel like I'm not... I'm not supposed. I'm supposed to be been doing something else. Something more. Yeah, something more than myself. I, I want more challenge. I want mm. more, more jazz and you know. I want more challenge. I want more. I want something else to do. So, it's been that been difficult. Um, but yeah, the days are long. Man. Long days. Oh shit. Long days. But yeah, so when we left off before was we were 23 talking twenty three being a bum. Twenty three being a bum, bro. But like you said, you, you you feel like you're always gonna figure it out. Yeah. And I guess with that, like, what what gives you that sort of confidence? The fact that we are twenty three, Jordan. The fact that we are twenty three. I mean, look look at successful people. You know, they they they're not successful until you know the. 27, 30, somebody, you know, 40, mm. maybe 50. So 23, it, it's, it's, it's a weird age, I would say, when, when you're at that age when, you know, some of us had figured it out, mm. some of us had kids and family, mm. and some of us unemployed. Right. You know, so um, I always tell myself that, you know, when, when I'm struggling, when I'm in doubt, I gotta trust myself. I gotta trust myself that I could figure this out. Mm-hmm. I gotta trust myself that life will, will, it will pay off. Mm-hmm. You know, with all the work I put in, uh, somehow uh, it will help me grow. It will help me. It will pay off everything that, that I have done so far. Mm-hmm. So, and that's 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 my motivation. You know, and to everybody at that age and anyone. 23, 24, 22 at mm. those weird ages. Um, I'm telling y'all to stay positive. You know, y'all, y'all figure it out. Mm. You know, like any of us, like me, Jordan, and a lot of our friends, we will figure it out. And so uh, that, that's another thing I want to touch on is how much, because there's got to be a self-confidence, like you, like I said, to, yeah. to get to that point where you truly believe that shit's going to work out and not believe that, you know, the world's going to fall on top of your head and, you know, sky is gonna come fall and everything's gonna go dark. Mm-hmm. So how much would you say, like you were saying, you were gonna figure it out, and also life? How, where do you, what do you think the balance is between? All right, me progressing to where I want to be is me controlling my actions, and then how much of it is I'm just gonna let life play itself out? <sighs> mm, I think you controlling your action is, I would say. 60% more, mm. more like 70% 60 to 70% and the rest is sometimes you just gotta depend on on how it is you know on how life will play itself out um the reason I'm I said that is because um like I said applying the simple thing applying for a job yes you have networking you have all these people that you know that you could hook you up but if you don't apply how is that gonna work you know if, if you don't apply how is the job gonna come to you mm. You you sometimes you just gotta you gotta you know shoot your shot. You gotta apply anyway. Even that push, let's say a position is like oh, 
yeah, I'm not, I'm not good at this, but it's open. Mm-hmm. You gotta shoot your shot. Yeah, nobody is good at what they're doing now without, you know, without all the teaching on all the uh, other people that help you out. So I would say uh, you have to control. You you have to try. You have to have to do different things in order to make that dream happen. So don't yeah, don't just dream. Dream with purpose. Mm-hmm. Dream with action. Mm-hmm. So don't just dream because. If you're just dreaming, it's, it, that's just a dream. But you, if you dream with purpose, you dream with action, that's going to be your future. That's mm-hmm. going to be something something that you're going to be working on for the rest of your life. So, yeah. But at the same time, like I said, like like me, it's, it seems like my job, it's, it's easy to get a job out of, out of school, but I'm, I'm struggling to find a job. Mm-hmm. It's because there's no... Even as a nurse. Yeah, right? as a nurse. There's not a lot of opportunity open for me now, right now. Um, so that's that's why that forty percent of you know of how live gonna pay play itself out on play in. I'm I'm just waiting. Mm. I'm I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. I'm I'm just waiting to for life to test me out to to give me different opportunities to give me you know different challenges. So so I can take on and I, I could. And that's when I could control my action and how how I'm gonna deal with those challenges. Yes. And so in waiting for these things to happen, like what. Is, like we were talking about earlier, like you, you just get so much stuff that floats around into your head. Like, how do you how do you fight that off on a day to day? Like, the negative thoughts that weigh you down. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm still not good good at it yet. Fighting the negative thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still flowing around. Uh, but uh, I will say, uh, this is a time. It's a great time to invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. Meaning. Um, all the things that you want to do when you were so busy in school, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you're doing, do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I say I love I love stock. I love the stock market. Cause, I mean, that's crazy. It, it, using your mind a lot to predict the things. So right now I'm reading a few books about uh, stocks, uh, learning on go online to self thought about you know stock market and stuff. Like you you doing this right now, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you invest in yourself, invest in the thing that you ha- you haven't done yet. So uh, to try and keep keep you busy. Um, I'll pick up another part-time job, you know, to, uh, for money, and also keep you busy. So, so don't sit at home and waiting for things to happen mm-hmm. because if you don't do anything, it's not gonna happen. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm still not good at doing because I mean, those negative thoughts still is still flowing around my head all the time. They're tough, man. And so, I I like to touch on this with a lot of people just because I know it. It ranges and varies, but in a lot of ways, there's a lot of similarities. So, like, you were talking before about, like, when you were a kid and you were in America, you know, pretty much brand new in America, and you had to learn the language, and you would just get so frustrated and just knowing that your day-to-day was going to be so scary in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Um, that had to come with some sort of depression, right? Yes. Yeah. So, what is, what is the... De- what is that depression? What did that depression look like then? And then, as compare that to how you view and how you handle depression now. Um, at uh, around thirteen, then you know that pre- depression came in and it hit me. But at the same time, I, I didn't have a fully understand of what it is yet at that point. Um, but uh, the good thing, I mean. A good thing about it is like you know when you don't understand a lot of it, you you don't kind of not like you not worry about it a lot. Mm. But it just um, sort of happens. Yeah, it just happens. Happen. Um, 
but if it's happened, let's say if that happened to me now, I I don't know, man. That that sounds scary. Until it sounds very scary to me. Um, so one thing, one thing I I learned to how to deal with it is talk to people. Uh, open your mind, talk to people, family, mm. family. Like, on your worst day, your family is gonna be there for you. When you're at the bottom, your family gonna pick you up. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, you haven't talked to them for a while. It matter if you, if you yeah, somehow um, let them out of your life. Give them a call. Give them a call. Um, your friend, your best friend, even even. Anybody, you know, talking. I mean, talk all that. Talk all talking, help you to you know, release all this negative thought and stuff. So, um, anybody who you know comes to you and have no friends and stuff, I mean, reach out to somebody that you know, talk to them. I feel like that's the best way to deal with all that depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, because don't let it get to you. Cause that is one mental health. One of the most scary aspects of healthcare, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've been, I, I'm learn, I learn about it, and it's how crazy how how those could, could affect you in pretty much every every way of life. Yeah, man. Because I mean, you don't realize how powerful the mind is until yes, it starts yes. to turn on you. Yes, you, you, you know? really don't really, and you don't, you can't see it. That's the scary. You cannot yeah. see it. Yeah. And keep it's keep on keep hurting on you. You don't you don't fix it. You don't reach out to somebody, yeah. talk to them. I think that's one of the most scariest things about depression is it's not something physical. Like it's not something in yeah. front of you. You know, it's not something that you could literally grab onto it. It's it physically touch and uh-huh. alter in any way. Uh-huh. It's literally your mind. Uh-huh. And you can't see the progress still. You know, like you can't see how well you're doing. You feel like you can feel it, but sometimes you doubt yourself. You don't know if it's the right feeling or not. Mm-hmm. So it's it's in many ways, um, it's very difficult to 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 see depression to to treat depression. So yeah, so I was I would just say if you experience you know any sadness and all that, just you know, just talk to somebody. You know, they, 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 people are there for you. Believe in the human spirit. Yes, always. Yeah. So, in, in, in a little correlation with that, you said family is a, is a big factor in how you deal with that. How, if you were to outline some role models in your life, who would who would those people be? Who, uh, who are your role models in terms of helping you, uh, having gotten to where you've been, and then also where you want to go? My mom, actually, my mom. I, I would say. <coughs> My mom is a huge part of my success. I mean, <clears throat> she's the kind that, you know, um, even on her worst day, she's still smiling. You know, she, she always think positive. Um, and that, I feel that that's how I am. I'm always thinking very positive about everything, every <clears throat> every bad situation. I, you know, to think positive about it, there's, 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 there's one good thing that come out of it. Even though it's like there's like a hundred thousand bad things, it's always one good thing come out of it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so to deal, with, yeah, to deal with, deal with that, I feel like um, my mom. I'm, I'm not saying she's an expert, but she's doing it very well. Mm-hmm. Cause sometime in day when she, she's sick, and you know she struggle <clears throat> um, physically, mentally, but. Mm-hmm. Somehow she she still wake up smiling, take care of the family, mm-hmm. and yeah. And so, have you guys always been close? In terms of- 
that's whole relationship. <coughs> um, yeah, no, my meme. I said when I was little, my my dad always walking, um, doing construction. So I'm staying up with my mom a lot, learning, um, cooking, everything from her. So yeah, no, my me and my mom is very very close. I feel like she that one person that I can talk to all the time about anything, mm-hmm. um, and she understands me. I mean that's a big part of it. She she know where I'm. She she understand my decisions. She she's always support my decisions. So that's that's what I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you t- you touched on your dad a little bit, saying that he, he always worked and yeah and. Even since ever since you were a kid, yeah. how, how do you how do you view that relationship that you have with your? Oh dad? no, I mean our relationship is great. Mm. My dad is the guy that I I, I want to be. I would say because he he yes he worked his ass off to to uh, help the family. He he can do a lot of things like mm. pretty much anything in my house. He can fix. He can do pretty much anything. And that's one another one that I want to learn from him. Um, he only way that that. That guy, but he, the thing about my dad, he doesn't talk a lot. Mm-hmm. He doesn't talk a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I don't know. I I don't. The more I grow, I feel I don't know. I don't know how he he feel. You know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like you know, if he has something going on in his mind, he just keeps it to himself. Mm-hmm. And I and it's it's hard to predict. Mm-hmm. You know, like what's going on through his mind. Yeah. But it's not that we not close, but we we still very close. But so I feel like. Uh, up to this, this point in my life, um, it's so I I do not I still don't understand it that sometimes. I think you bring up an interesting point because I feel like in a, a lot for a lot of kids our age or just people our age or just people in general, a lot of father figures have have the same sort of feelings about their fathers. You know, doesn't there's, it's a, it's hard to have that open line of communication when. Men are supposed to be tough and you know reserved and strong all the time, twenty four seven, and and taking care of their business. Do you see any similarities in yourself in terms of like how you open up to people in your dad, or do you feel like you're on a different path, or do you learn from? Oh yeah, no, I guess. his communication patterns in those ways. Mm, no, I'm I'm very different. I'm I'm like my mom. Like we, I'm very open. Um, like I said, when I have something in mind, I I, I would like to speak it out. I would mm-hmm. like to, to, for people to hear my opinion about things. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, no, I I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm like my dad. Hopefully, I'm not like that when I was older. I feel like it'll be so. I feel like a part of it, it's gonna be difficult for for my my children to understand mm-hmm. uh, what I'm going through. Uh, or uh, hear my opinion. Uh, so yeah, no, they're very different. So let's transition a little bit to the future then. So, I mean, ideally, you obviously land a job sometime here soon. You know, Hopefully, the yes. Goal, the hope. Um, but in terms of your career, what is what is what is your career looking like? What do you want to do <clears throat> long term? And Setting up your retirement, I guess. Yeah, um, I'm big on global health. Mm. So right now, I should want to get a few year experience in, um, and then I'm probably gonna transition into, um, you know, program like you know, doctor without borders. Mm. When you go through different country, um, and 
provide healthcare to you know the undeserved population in uh, other part of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, you know, and if if I build up capital, maybe open up a small business, maybe because mm-hmm. I said I get bored of doing the same thing. Yeah, for a long time. Um, what type of small business would you open up? <laughs> a lot of different ideas. Uh, I want to bring. I want to bring. My culture into America. I want I, a lot. I mean, there's a, already a lot of like Vietnamese restaurant and all that around here. But I'm still thinking about being like you know some kind of traditional dish in my city um, into America. Uh, like I said, I I want to show people where I'm from. I'm, I'm proud where I'm from. So I want to show people, you know, the the food, the drink that we eat. You know, we drink around here. That's yeah, that's just in mind, but. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Because you know, like I love what I'm doing, mm-hmm. so maybe I'll, I'll stay in nursing forever. Well, who knows? But that's just like a, like a thing that I said in my mind. You know, yeah. like an ideal future for me. Yeah. So I, it's another interesting question. So if you, if you weren't a nurse, mm-hmm. and you could choose any other profession in the world, and let's say you actually got into it, you would do it. And you would be successful at it. What would you be doing if it was outside of the healthcare field? Mm. Alternate reality or alternate universe t- tank. In an alternate universe, uh, I only wanted to do something that related to uh, soccer. You know, cause, like the love for, for for sport for me in me in me it, it's it's too big. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> definitely either a soccer player or um, like you know some like like sport therapy for a soccer team. Uh, but then you know also I also want to teach in the actually I I, uh, I feel like all that struggle that I went through learning English made me really made me want to become um, an Indian teacher in Vietnam maybe uh, to try to. Uh, you know, share my knowledge to to different people uh, in 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 Vietnam. So going to teaching route. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, in terms of this is a question I posed, and I I really think I'm just gonna incorporate it into every interview here, just because it gives a good you know wrap up to things. Yeah. Um, if you were, let's say. You know, given all that you've been through already, and um, you know what your dreams and aspirations and, and what you want to do, if you were to pass away and you were able to look at the timeline of your life from the afterlife, and you're strictly focusing on your life, if you were to say that, wow, this was a successful life, like I lived a life that I claim to be successful. What would that life look like? Uh, that life would look like um, having, having, you know, having a few years of nursing, and then uh, have some capital, pick up, be 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 wealthy enough to support my family. To to, but then um, I know for sure that I have some kind of nonprofit. In any country, any country outside of the U.S., period, to uh, probably Vietnam, probably in some somewhere in Vietnam, and 
related to education, some kind of education nonprofit program uh, that would provide uh, opportunity for kids to learn pretty much anything that they want to learn and create a career path for them. Uh, so that to and help them become leaders, so that they can have their own nonprofit later on. To have other kids and a cycle of just building up, you know, leaders. So kind of yeah, somehow like educational leadership nonprofit, and yeah, and then and probably gonna enjoy them. I'm probably gonna be happy enjoying them, you know, passing on to each other. Uh, because like I said, there's still many things in this world that I would say I was not good. For, for, for not still not like good for for the population so let's change that you know let let make let make let make things better and it started out from individual it started out from uh, young leaders um, so yeah if, if a successful life for me would, would be that that would be a dream life and I feel like I would die happily at any age if that happened if that I could make that happen so on the other side of the coin, in the same scenario, you live a life and you pass pass away. You look at the timeline again of your life. If you were to look at it and it went south, what would what would your life look like if you looked back on it and you said, "Wow, that was a failure." I feel. Just working a regular job, nine to five. Uh, doing the same thing for what 40, 30 years and and not being productive you know throughout throughout my my year of living um, not being not like doing like volunteer work not contributing anything to, to the community um, and yeah I, w- I would say that would be a boring life I, I would hate myself that that idea still scare me sometimes. I still think about it um, because I feel like I I just, I just get bored of doing the same thing all the time. So if, if I if I ever run into that, <laughs> I would hate myself so much. And hopefully I won't. Hopefully I won't. Uh, but yeah, that was. That's how pretty scary. That's how pretty not good. Yeah. Well, you actually segue perfectly into my final, my final question. Um, I know, I guess, as every human on this earth, there's a lot of ways to say, you know, that we're stronger than other people, or you know, we put up these guards and stuff like that. But um, in terms of anything, anybody. Every human being has fears, you know, whether it be physical fears, spiritual fears, um, you know, animals, snakes, things in your head, stuff like that. What would you say if you had to had to look at your life and um, the way you approach it and the things that happen to you? The biggest fear. What is what is your absolute biggest fear when it comes to life? Um. Probably disappointment. Uh, meaning, not failure. I'm not. I'm not afraid of failure. Disappointment is when you don't live up into your full potential. Yeah, you know, 
at this age, I mean, we we are. I know we all have big dreams, but are we doing anything to make the dream happen? You know, some of them are making small steps to toward that dream. Some of them are making big steps, and some are still dreaming. So, um, <clears throat> for me, the biggest fear is disappointment because knowing that I have all the full potential, you know, have the privilege of having, you know, a strong family foundation, having education, um, uh, financially stable for now, um, but I, I, I still can do other things that I say I still can do other things that I'm dreaming of um, I am not you know put not contribute contribute into anything and nothing into the society to the community um, I will be very disappointed myself even at, and, and even when I go older looking back at it I will, I will regret a lot of things I haven't done um, and I feel because, like I said, life is short. You know, you, you don't know, you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Nobody knows. So I think it's best for for, for me to, to you know, I ha- I know I have to live my life with my full potential. I have to you know mix make small step and then make big step to make my dream happen. To make you know to to do the thing that I have in my head. Um, yeah, I think disappointment will be. But I'm mean, in that process. I know I'll, I'll you know, I'll fail sometime. You know, like fail my tests and stuff. I all fail sometime. But that's okay. That's all right because I'll get back up. You know. But I just, I just hate the fact that if I do not live with my full potential, if I don't do the thing that I, I, I told myself to, I will be pissed. I'll be very sad and mad at myself. Um, so yeah. Disappointment, definitely. My biggest fear. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much. uh, I mean, it in terms of trying to encapsulate, you know, the person of who you are and what you're all about. Um, So, I guess from this point, I mean, what's next? Yes. What's next? What's what's next? What's next for you? Um. Job hunting will be next. Uh, pretty sure we'll figure it out somehow. Find jobs soon. Um, what about you? I, 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 are you tired of, of job hunting? Are, are you like? <laughs> I, honestly, it's so funny to me, and I, I can speak with you off of off the record about some of the things I, I how I feel truly about it, but. It's uh, I don't know, man. It's it's I, to me the biggest thing that is eye opening to me is how much we feel connected to work. In terms of like, if we're not working, we feel like we're a failure, almost in a sense, or we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. But even though at the same time, it's like you said, it's a great time to you know really pursue yourself and, and figure out who you are. And, and fuel your passions and what you want to do and what you truly didn't have the time to do when you were caught up in the mix of trying to get these jobs or the process of what's going to get you these jobs. 
And so it's kind of crazy to me how like when we sit unemployed, we just feels like, I don't want to say worthless, but we feel like our self-worth is diminished. You know, if we're not working actively every day, working for something or somebody, which is kind of weird to me. But, um, but yeah, that's, I, I wouldn't say I'm tired of it just because I know it's how the game goes. But yeah, it does get annoying boosting your resume to a billion different people and <laughs> you're not going nowhere. But again, it just shows you the power of networking though too. You know? Yeah. Not as much what you know, it's who you know. So that's, that's about it. Is there, is there a, anything else you want to say to the people before we, uh, before we wrap up? <sighs> no, I, just, I think that's it. But just a little, a little message to anybody who's who asked my age, our age, you know, hey, I know you're. I know you're job hunting out there too. I know you're looking for jobs. Oh, if, if you all have a job, great. Uh, I know you're making that money, uh, but if you don't. I, you know, be be active, be positive. Uh, your time will come. Anybody's time will come. And yeah, just, you you know you got this. You know, some somebody out there will will, will see your potential and will pick you up and. And uh, you start working. And uh, yeah, good luck to everybody. And once again, Happy New Year. Yeah. Go get that money. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Tank. Uh, I think it's been great. And uh, let's, let's close it on that.